Adam, good morning. How are you? Fantastic, Jack. You? I'm, I'm fantastic as well. Uh, maybe add excellent to it, too. I'm feeling good today, and the sun is shining, and that's always a big plus around here. Sure. <clears throat> but, you know, I was, I was uh, looking at some reports that we generate. As, as our company uh, kind of moves forward into the into the uh, what what era will we call this after the pandemic and the is this the post pandemic period that isn't that isn't sexy enough it's it's got to be something else maybe have some marketer come out and label it something Jack one of these fancy pants terms that we all start using yeah you know something's got to catch on you know sooner or later. Pandemic doesn't quite do it, so who knows? Anyway, the sun is shining where we're at, and that's a good thing. But right. uh, reports, yeah, we were, I was I was looking through. I'm, I'm changing my office around and throwing some stuff out and trying to you know get uh, get ready for the future. But I didn't know what to call the future, and I'll, I'll do it. I know this. I got a lot of reports. It just got me thinking, you know, putting stacking boxes of old uh, tax returns and trying to get the uh, seven years, throw out everything after seven years. If I haven't been nailed by then, it's it's uh, not going to happen in all likelihood. And as I'm looking at some of these reports, I'm thinking, man, do we have the allotted number of reports? Do we have the reports that we should have? How do, where do you go to source this out? And how do you how do you look at reports? Which one should you keep? Which one should you design? I mean, you know, even though this is a paperless world, that's what it's trying to move to. Boy, I'll tell you, depending on where you're talking, and we've been there, you get people with every bit as big of a, a paper wads that, that we had before computers. So a lot of people get them both. I'm one of those. And, you know, to have a, a good guide for what reports are pretty much not mandatory as much as required for basic analysis. Uh, we often lament the fact that small business owners are clients. Geez, I didn't introduce ourselves, did I? So I would get to it eventually, Jack. Yeah, eventually. Uh I'm Jack Mancini, by the way, and I'm here with my long-standing business partner, Adam Sunhalter. We've been together 20 years, and we coach. We coach small business owners on making their companies better, and we do that as coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we're here today talking to you with our podcast that we make. We make a podcast a week, at least. And Dirty dirty Secrets of Small Business is the name of that podcast. So that brings me to today's topic. When we draw our topics from, from uh, our experiences of coaching, we spend half hour, 45 minutes, kind of going through and uh, giving our opinions on these things. We have over 300 of them. And six years we've done that. We used to have a radio show, but we no longer do that. The podcast seemed to fill the void pretty well. So anyway, we uh, 
we have one one uh, topic today that we'll sort of cue on, and that is, what reports should you have? And it starts with basic things like profit and loss statement, which if you're running a business, you're running it to oh, make a profit. Hold on, Jack. Before we get into that, why don't we set the <clears> table <throat> in terms of well, why is this an important question, right? So, so why <clears throat> why should I care? You know, one of the one of the most common frustrations I know we hear, you know, as you said, we've been doing this for 20 years now, working with small business owners. And one of their <laughs> biggest challenges, the frustrations we hear is that they feel like they're tied to their business. Like they can't leave, whether it be for a short or long period of time. That if, if even if they do, there's tremendous angst and stress that comes with that. So, you know, if they go on that vacation and Hey, smile, have a good time. Well, I'm I'm worried the entire time about what's going on or what's not going on, you know, back at the office or back at the shop. And am I able to get good information or are people just telling me what they think I want to hear? So how do you how do you get away? Whether it be again for a, a long weekend, for a vacation, uh, perhaps to just, you know, to 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 be a little less present day and day day in and day out in the business. So I think if that's something that you've been wrestling with or struggling with recently, this is what, you know, this podcast is for you. So come back to your, you know, again, the why I think is very important. So people understand why we're, we're saying this and what these enable you to do. I think because often people I think will miss, will miss that. Well, hey, Jack, I'm there every day. All right. I'm, I'm seeing what's going on. I'm seeing the coming and going. I have a, I have a, I have my pulse on the business because I'm there every day. How do you get better than that? You know, what kind of reports can you give me, Jack, to get me better, get better than me being there every day and having the pulse in the business? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it's that's that's a very, very true analysis. That's we hear that often. And it's amazing how if you cross over, you cross over to the to the report generators to make you have independence like you never thought before. You don't have to be present in your location, be it a service organization, a manufacturer, it makes no difference. You basically can, can be away from the company physically and be connected to it just as though you are there every day, probably even better. You can use reports, uh, and we're going to talk about several of them today. But uh, you can use reports to basically measure anything and keep track of anything going on in your company. People, money, customers, invoices, administrative work. Uh, you know, it, it's, it tells a story. It has a place if done well. Uh, if the company is just the least bit disciplined, it's going to have some basic reporting that will give you the owner the edge that you don't have without it. You just don't have it. So, so yeah. So if if an owner tells us, "Hey, well, everybody seems really busy, Jack," or the parking lot seems pretty full, or the loading dock, or, or you know, got inventory piled up, we have a lot of stuff going on here. Everybody's, you know, I think we're doing okay. You're you're shaking your head, going, "Yeah, maybe, All right?" But how do you? How do you really know? So you were you were talking about one of the the, the first reports before I cut you off earlier, Jack. You were, you were saying I think you were going along the financial side of stuff in terms of some financial reports to look at. So what what are and, and again? So this is the numbers, folks. So yeah, the numbers are a place to start this. What you know? What kind of reports from a numbers or financial standpoint, Jack, are a good place to start? Well, we'd like to 
there's there's a couple of a couple of reports that are universal. They're required by law in some places, and small business owners find these two reports to be uh, the most helpful. And that's the balance sheet and a profit and loss. And a third one for small business owners, third one is is some type of uh, cash flow representation. Those three should be in every small business. I don't care what it is. If they don't have it, they should get it. I'm, get it to a, I'm smiling and laughing because you know this is episode 335. By the way, we didn't, we said we were over 300. This episode 3, 335. We've been doing this for over six years. Just the show. But you and I have been together for, for for 20 years, right? So of course, as I have my things listed out in the financials front, what do I have listed there, Jack? Balance, oh, have, balance sheet, yeah. <laughs> profit and loss, and, and, and a cash forecast, right? It's okay. So we're in lockstep so far. It's, I, I guess it's a good sign, right? You and I are on the same page. It's, yeah, that's always good. But it's always fun to double check this stuff to make sure, as, as just so folks know, a little peek behind the curtain here. You know, when Jack and I talk about a topic, we pick a topic. Then we go our separate ways and we prepare for the show and come back here. So we're never quite sure what you're going to get. But often it's a case like this. We come back to, well, this is what we've been doing for a while. We kind of know here's where we we start so we're we're talking the same language okay so the financials so we got our balance sheet and our PL. now those those are things we talk about looking at monthly on a monthly basis to be able to kind of review those things and those are looking at what's happened historically to start with right in terms of what's coming out of your your usually quickbooks for for folks or there may be another accounting software that you're using but to be looking at those on a regular basis monthly usually is good once a month's closed okay how, how do things look Whereas the cash one isn't the cash uh, the cash flow report that's in, in QuickBooks. That's, again, looking historically. What you're talking about, what we're talking about, Jack, is the cash forecasting tool where you're forecasting out. And we look at, usually we like to see out 90 days, three months. But that's something you should be looking at at least on a weekly basis to be able to update that and kind of see where things stand. And if you've ever had some cash pinches in your business, you know what we're talking about in terms of few things create more stress in a company than having, you know, having that cash getting pinched. And so if you aren't aware of that, or you aren't aware where your cash is or, you know, coming or going in the near term, it's going to create more stress for you. But so let's talk about these, these financials. Cause I think most people are probably familiar with them, Jack. They may have seen them. They've heard about them. It may be something that their CPA talks to them about their accountant talks to them about Jack, but it's not, not necessarily something that the owners themselves are using day in and day out. After all, they're they're in the business of making profit. <clears throat> so to have a profit plan, a description of how you're going to make your profit, that's realistic. That's relatively simple to see and understand. That's mandatory for having a successful business. I mean, sooner or later, every successful business comes to that realization that they need a sense of profit. I mean, is the company profitable? Am I profitable? Do I have positive cash for at least a, a small extended period, 90 days that tell me I'm okay? That's one of the biggest stressors, if not the biggest stressor in every small business. So how much do we need? How much do we borrow? How, how do we make decisions on hiring people? Uh, how do we do that? How do we make decisions on making this investment in some new software? 
How do we do that? Well, you do it with those two statements, those two reports. But there are sub-reports, if you want to call it that, that can be custom-made to fit the company. And there's software out there. There's, there's systems out there that basically have applicability to almost all companies, such as a profit and loss. How do we make a profit and loss? How do we make that statement? Give it to the bookkeeper. Hmm. Whenever we hear that, they kind of take a big sigh and say, okay, here's what we got to do with this, uh, this gal. She doesn't know. She, she doesn't appreciate the, uh, the inputs required and the discipline required for, for uh, understanding our sales and our expenses so we can have a, a projection of our profit. It's very important, very important. But what other reports? If we start with a sales report, if we start with a profit and loss, first thing we start with is sales. We're going to project our sales. Can we do that? If we can't, how do we decide how to spend money? And we see a lot of, a lot of well, we, we decide how to spend money depending on how much we have in our checking account. <clears throat> That's not too good. Not for a, a sophisticated company that you'd like to be one of these days, maybe. So it starts with the sales. And right below that are going to be the expenses. Do we know what those are? We have any idea? Of course we do. We have both. We we have data on both those two subjects: sales and, and expenses. And we have good data on it. If we've been in business for more than a year, and we can structure our forecast, our profit plan, with what you have in place already, and we do it all the time, and we show our clients how to do it, and they in turn become. Pretty enthusiastic once they learn the numbers. You know, part of the part of the magic, Jack, of the financial statements is that it takes all the activity going on, day in, day out, week in, week out, and it puts it all into one place. So you can see all these things, right? So we come back to how do you get a a sense of what's going on? You know, how do you make sure you know what's going on? Well, there's ways there's ways to do that and and to be able to see it at a at a high level so you aren't losing track of stuff because again there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that happen day in and day out so the financials whether it be the PL or whether it be the balance sheet it should be capturing all that activity and it comes in to your point it's coming in either there's money coming in through our sales or there's money going out that's you know the, you know i think most people get that and, and see that yet they aren't looking at their PLs on a regular basis to see how things are going they, they may be looking at their you know, look at their balance sheet. They're looking at their cash balance often, right? So your point, let's see what's in the bank. Is there money in the bank? Okay, so we can make a decision to make something happen today without maybe thinking out over the next 30, 60, 90 days or over the next year in terms of where things are at. I mean, we have cash today. We're going to be tight in a couple months when 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 the snow starts flying, Jack, right? You know, whatever it might be in terms of our business. So I think being aware of those things is starting to kind of dig into a little bit. So at, at the very high level, say, okay, well, look, Maybe you start to understand your PL. I think what you're saying is okay, look, the PL is a starting point, but there's also ways to look at your sales. So looking at your customers, understanding, you know, you know, what different products or services are you selling? Are you tracking things that way? You know, a big part of what we do is, you know, we, we do this on with our one-to-one -one clients. We have a lot of workshops and things that we do as well. We we help train people how to how to put together a profit plan. And I think a lot of times they're surprised, Jack, because you know, we have a few 
templates, for lack of a better term, that we kind of use to help people kind of put things into. But a big part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to get them to think and to, and to ask the right kind of questions and and start to analyze and look at their business mm-hmm. in a certain way. And it, it often means that they're also also gathering data in a little different way. So taking a look at your business and seeing, okay, well, what what different products and services do you offer? And are you tracking those? Or do you have just one big sales number in your in your accounting uh, package? Everything gets dumped into the same number, so we can't tell. Well, might it help be helpful for you to be able to see your sales broken out in some in some fashion? Whether it be in the different products or services that you're offering, or perhaps it's in different markets. Maybe you have a construction business where you have commercial and you've got residential. You know, might it be helpful for you to track just in those two broad categories to start of looking at the commercial versus the residential sales and seeing how things are going? And if you're going to do that in the sales front, the next step would be on the, you mentioned the expenses, Jack. There are ways to categorize your expenses. We have certain expenses that, that, that apply. So if I'm doing commercial jobs, I might have an expense for insurance or for, for bonding that I don't have when I'm doing residential jobs. So being able to kind of track those expenses and see and, and put them together just to, again to help give you more more of a sense and, and and often what these reports will do Jack is they're they're either going to confirm or reeducate your gut. Right? Your your gut's telling you something. You you're seeing stuff. You have a sense of things, but now all of a sudden you can come to these reports and and get some clarity. Hey, is my is my feeling right or are the numbers telling me something different? And that's how we start to kind of use these, start to kind of get in and start, start to give you visibility of your business based on what you're tracking. So often we'll see even the PL balance sheet are a mess, Jack. Right? Where they, they have things missing or miscategorized or got negatives, we have to have positives or vice versa. So different things you know happen. So often people's basic PL and balance sheet aren't in good shape. So they go in and look and say, ha. This doesn't show my business, Jack. I don't know what this stuff is. It's just a bunch of numbers on a piece of paper. And so it'll, it'll often be dismissed. And and unfortunately, a lot of the CPAs and accounts will say, hey, don't you worry about that, Mr. or Ms. Business Owner. I'll file the taxes, make sure you know we, we keep you keep you uh in good in good graces with the government. Make sure you you're paying all your all your fair your fair fair share of the taxes, kind of thing, right? But people aren't necessarily looking at those often, Jack. And so if they aren't, if they don't have a PL in decent shape, they aren't, they aren't often digging further into it to really analyze the different types of sales or just seeing it. But I guess to your point, people get it, people have fun with this. People start wanting more of it. They start seeing it and they get some visibility. Then they ask more questions. It becomes addictive. Well, you're walking on the beach as you were saying before, and you, uh, you know, you can, if you have reports that are put into the system and the system itself is, is uh, disciplined and, you know, kept up to date, you can be walking on that beach and pick up your phone and look at uh, four or five key reports. And that's all you got to do. If you see anything that's out of whack, you can call or do whatever you have to do. To uh, you know, make sure your guys are on top of it, and if not, you just proceed along until the next time. Don't pick it up every five minutes, but uh, <laughs> you know, another half day after lunch or after breakfast or something. You know, uh, 
it 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 allows you to have freedom if you have good reporting. It's amazing how much freedom you get. Yeah, I guess we you know we assume something as simple as a PL on a balance sheet, Jack. We assume early on when we first started working in the small business owners that that they, much like anybody in a big a bigger company, that's part of what they do. It's just part of their their natural rhythm and of running a company is that every month you review your financials. <clears throat> and we were amazed at, at how how in fact that is not the case for the vast majority of people. Maybe they're talking to their accountant once once or twice a year, and the accountant will walk them through. But they aren't necessarily using them. But if you, if you start using these things, let's let's come back. So if we're talking about there's some sales issues, let's say okay, let's say that somebody gets a plan in place where, the, where the, we're trying to forecast our sales this year. Maybe things are not tracking as well as we thought they were. Well, what does that do? It ties into maybe some other reports. So what's going to drive sales is going to be the marketing plan, right, Jack? So if we're if we have marketing stuff in place, so what are we doing? What are we doing to drive our sales? So if our sales are are tracking along well, or they aren't tracking along, or if they're ahead of schedule, well, do we know why? Do we know which things that we're doing on the marketing front? And on the marketing front, usually what we're trying to balance here is the investment of either time or money, or perhaps both. But which which of those investments of time and or money are leading to results where it's it's delivering qualified leads to the business that can be converted over into sales? Or maybe we're having issues with Losing customers and retaining customers. Again, to me, that's still a marketing issue. Okay, so what are we doing to retain customers? How do we handle that? How, how do we you know, grab customers with both hands and give them a big hug to make sure that, that, that they want to stay with us, Jack? So as you're starting to kind of dig into stuff, you sort of look at these things. Okay, well, you start to ask questions. Well, why are things happening this way? Why are these results that I'm seeing? Again, you know, if you're talking just the sales, again, why are my sales up, down, flat? What's going on? Be able to then tie them into some of the marketing reports. So what are you doing? So, you know, where are you spending your time and money when it comes to marketing? How are you tracking that? Often we'll get crickets from that. We get sly smiles. Like, what do you mean? Like we set that like last year, didn't we? Or at the beginning of the year and just kind of let it go. Yeah. We're on Facebook doing this, Jack. Or we, you know, we do, we do mailings out every month for this, or you know, we're updating the website doing this or you know, whatever it might be. There, there's things that also, okay, we're doing some stuff. But we aren't maybe necessarily tracking it or, connecting it back to here's what it's going to do to help drive the business forward. And is it working or not working and be able to do that and look at reports to help give us information to say, Hey, I can answer the question. Is it working, not working? Which part, at least to give me some, uh, some data, some information for me to make a, a decision going forward. So you, you start to create, <clears throat> you start to create reports. I'll call them sub reports from, yeah. From uh, just having the profit and loss in front of you, you said it before, Adam. Talking about what do you want sales uh, to have one big lump, where you got three or four different services and/or products, maybe a hundred products, thousand products. Uh, you want to understand through a sub-report a couple of things: one, who's who's buying what, and what kind of profits we have on it. Those that's another sub-report. And what we, we want to do is be able to, to understand the sales, starting with just picking on sales here. That's the first line on the profit line, profit, uh, profit plan. And, and so those sub-reports give you the information in terms of what's going on. Why don't I have cash? How come I, you know, I'm getting these profits? You're telling me I'm making these profits, but I don't have any cash. Well, 
the report that we talked about at the start of the show is you you want to have some reporting on cash. And if your sales are high and your cash isn't there, where do we look? Well, we look at our accounts receivable. And geez, all these people owed us money. I didn't know that because I was just looking at sales as one big lump and it was never telling me anything. Well, it, it does two things. It tells you where your cash is in all likelihood. And it tells you what to do to improve your profitability. If you're losing on some of these categories that you set up, it's well worth it to have that kind of analysis. It's relatively simple. You know the source of, of uh, where it comes from, and you can take management action that way. And you can create policies that have factual basis for it, you know, in terms of what you're going to do with your terms of sale and take someone from your organization and put them in charge of, of uh, collecting receivables that are significant. And you don't want them to get too old. Because the older they get, especially in today's day, the more likelihood you're going to have a default or you know a bankruptcy for both the person who owes you the big money and you. So you got to watch out. But those are two simple reports that come to mind. And if you get into marketing, like Adam's talking about, that the whole purpose is to ultimately increase sales. It's going to touch on your organization. It's going to touch on what you need. It's going to tell you things that otherwise are going to go right by you. Right. Yeah, that's, that's my opinion why, why so many small businesses fail. They don't have this information, and it, it's automatically organized when you start with your financial statements. You know where the source came from, and you have disciplined meetings around that information. It's not too hard running a company when you do it that way. Right. One of the things that's maybe kind of tied to that, Jack, some of the people I'm sure are familiar with as well, this phrase KPIs. Uh, KPIs stand for Key Performance Indicators. And basically what it is, that people may be familiar with or heard or use the term dashboards. And so these KPIs are often these things that help drive stuff, right? So again, let me, let me circle back to sales, right? So maybe one of the KPIs in your business <clears throat> comes down to how many doors somebody's knocking on. All right. Hey, you know, we know if somebody knocks on 50 doors a month, it's going to lead us to, to, you know, having the sales results that, that, that we're looking for. So maybe you start tracking that. You want to track that number and see how are we doing on our sales calls for this month. Right. Um, but as you go through your business, try to understand things that are kind of keys to success of the business. And maybe there's some things that you've, I don't know, just take for granted almost at this point because you've been doing them for so long. It becomes almost second nature for you as the owner. But maybe they haven't been, you know, kind of codified in the business here to make sure everybody else is paying attention to stuff. So usually those, you know, the winds up being a handful of these kind of KPIs, Jack, that are going to be these key drivers to making sure that the sales are coming in the way you want them, that you're maintaining expenses the way that you want them, and that, you know, the production of your product or service is happening the way it should be happening as well. And so it's, you know, looking around at those, and again, it's going to be customized for your business, but knowing, okay, what stuff, do, what stuff am I tracking and having people report upon? So it may be totally separate from your financial systems, Jack. It's just, but it's something that's being tracked and, and, and monitored. And I think that's an important thing people want to be thinking about too, because again, come back to let be walking on the beach, whether you're in the office or not, here's something I can look at in, in a couple minutes and know we're on track or not on track. 
right? We're doing the right things or we aren't doing the right things to get the results we know that work for us. And so starting to kind of track and measure those things, and people probably heard that too. If you measure it, often it gets done, you know, or whatever you're tracking, people people pay attention to. And it comes down to, as we've talked numerous times in the show, as well as off the air, in terms of just as an owner, you often feel overwhelmed in terms of what do you focus on? Well, that's often true for your team too. Your team doesn't necessarily know what the most important things are at times. And so part of this, you know, looking at these reports and these KPIs and the financials is helping to let your team know what are the most important aspects for you as well. So they're all on the same page that you are versus them having to guess at what they think might be important. Because chances are it's not going to be the same things that you're looking for. So some of the things you might want to do on that front too, as I'm thinking about this, Jack, is on the people front. <clears throat> you know, how do you attract the effectiveness of your people? Other than taking attendance, make sure that people are there. That's part of, there's a battle going on right now as we're a couple of years beyond, you know, the start of COVID here where there's the back to work, back to the office things people are talking about. That's almost like taking attendance, right? I want to make sure you're here. Check that box off. Well, it's great. So now they're all here. Now what? I don't know. I don't know. People are doing stuff. Right? How often have we heard, Jack? Well, gee, whether I give my employees what I think is a couple hours worth of work or 10 hours worth of work, it always seems to get done during the course of the day. Right about time when it's quitting time. <laughs> is that because I'm such a wonderful boss, Jack? I'm doing a great job of kind of doling things out there. Or are people magically kind of just do what's in front of them and they're able to get you know a certain amount of stuff done that day or that week? Versus what do you expect them to get done? You know, how many things should they be doing? You know, how many widgets should they be making? Right? Or whatever that widget is for your business. You know, I'm I'm a, a firm believer of of uh generations basically leave a, a mark on on the world here when they as they progress through life you know we they're born into a world that has technology that's been proven out and is in use and they in turn will get bored with it and create more technology on top of this technology and what we get is a disconnect and what what i and there there are a lot of hidden hidden verifications of this such as the 9 to 5 work day where did that come from it came from society back hundreds of years ago not hundreds yeah probably hundreds and it's evolved through the generations to fit the way that commerce is done, the way our lives are done, that, you know, things that we have in place today, we didn't have in place a hundred years ago, many things. So where does a nine to five come from? And so we're seeing there, there's been no real change in that idea of nine to five. So <clears throat> why isn't there? Well, this generation with all its warts, our generation had its warts with the previous or the, the preceding generation. You know, they're they're coming in without any burden for learning computers, and they're just natural at it now because it's natural. The technology is there. Older people hanging around like myself, I'm not going to ever get good and proficient on computers. So nine to five that's a big deal but their flexibility of hours work you know the, the boss could always take off and go golfing for an afternoon or 
go whatever he or she had to do, or the worker bee had to be chained to his desk until five o'clock. Uh, it's changing. And the Industrial Revolution, doing changes there, it, it, it was uncomfortable going through those changes because the people in power, the people who, who were doing much of the work had to realign themselves. They didn't like it. They don't like it now again. So they want the flexibility. And, you know, the old, uh, what we like to say, the old steel guy sitting in the corner, there's still a lot of them there. They can't see doing business any other way other than have the people locked on their desk and make sure that they do what. Right. It was never defined well anyway. Now it's starting to be defined better. It's, it's, you know, that's why it's always interesting. Business is very interesting. Organizations are very interesting. And all those, all those changes require reporting and require reports to be generated. And, and our, our data our data conscious world uh, and the ability to take data and store it, and manipulate it, are being done in ways that even 20 years ago we couldn't imagine. Right. So, what kind of reports do we need to sustain organizations like this? Well, again, the people's a big part, like you're saying, Jack. So, if we can't, you know, we aren't part of the industrial revolution anymore where that's everybody's coming in, they're working in a factory or a shop. You know, we went from there to the information and now the kind of the knowledge economy that's more what we're talking about to your point it's not a it's not a nine to five thing it's often a 24 7 thing and people choosing when they want to work within those hours but yeah so how do you so you may have a workforce that's not even physically showing up at your place okay that's a problem that wasn't a problem years ago you know everybody showed up that was part of the, that was part of the gig right you got a job you showed up to work i was just it was assumed jack well not anymore yeah, the question it's an I mean it's an option for me not to show up to work. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it virtually. Well, yeah. Well, how do I maintain and 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 monitor that to make sure that what's getting done is getting you know needs to get done is getting done. You know that we're getting the results because again at the end of the day it happens through your people. Your people got to be doing stuff. So I think looking at what what reports do you have to start tracking your people and what and what they're doing. So tracking tracking their 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 productivity. You know, so you know how they're performing. How do you know who your best performing people are? You know, it used to be, yeah, I remember, you know, my first few years on Wall Street, hey, you, you leave your, leave your, your suit jacket on the back of your, back of your chair, Jack, that people think you're still there, right? <laughs> you're somewhere else in the building, but his jacket's still here, <laughs> right? So you learn those kind of tricks in terms of what are we, you know, what are we doing to kind of show that I'm there, right? Even though I'm somewhere else, either physically <laughs> or mentally somewhere else, right? Those are, you know, to me, those are big things, and, and, and it ties into one of the other things I wanted to kind of touch on real quick, Jack, in terms of just kind of feedback. You know, how do you get that feedback? You know, from your team, from customers, from from from, from vendors. You know, one of the one of the biggest challenges that we see too with our owners to kind of get that accurate and timely information. That's exactly what we're talking about here, Jack, in terms of getting timely, accurate, good information, and and, and be able to kind of do that. So. You know, you know, just the fact that you're present every day doesn't mean you're getting good feedback. Again, often people are telling the boss what 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 he or she wants to hear, not necessarily what the truth is. So to have other avenues to get feedback from your team, right? So it could be something as as simple as the old suggestion box, Jack. All right, anonymously put your name in there and you know give me some feedback and and, and some some suggestions. You know, versus having somebody from the outside come in and interview your staff. Talk to your team. 
All right. Um, might create some stress, right? We go back to one of our, our our most frequently referenced movies of Office Space, and they talk about the Bobs. That's one of the things we often get, you know, we get a, we get nicknamed the Bobs often. And if you're unfamiliar with that, go take a look at Office Space, the Bobs. You'll, you'll probably see some some good videos for that. But yeah. you come in and you know, have an outsider come in and just talk to your team a little bit. It's often amazing, Jack, how people will will share all kinds of stuff with an outsider that that, that they wouldn't share internally. They feel it's a little safer to just kind of speak freely, kind of put things out there to 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 deliver the message, knowing that, hey, I don't want to get shot as the messenger, Jack. Right. So often we don't we we don't want to be the messenger, but if I can use that third party to kind of you know communicate this stuff and kind of and kind of feed it back through the system. So you know finding ways to get some of that feedback, I think, is key too, because again, as we kind of frame this at the start, we want to talk about well, how do you you know, the reason we're, we're talking about reports and what, what reports your company generates is we're trying to figure out, well, how do you manage this business? And how do you manage it, not only managing it physically being there, because I want to make sure that we're clear on this too. We're not saying that it's not important to have a physical presence because it is. But it's a matter of you being able to choose how and when you're physically present and and feeling confident when you're not physically present that you have a sense of what's going on. And so being able to have these reports and have things kind of pulled together. So part of what we want to do with our show today is we want to kind of introduce some of these, talk about some of these things that, that I think many of you are familiar with, but also kind of get your, your mind going here a little bit in terms of, okay, what does that mean for my business? What kind of things should I be looking at or, or, or thinking about? What kind of things am I taking for granted? Or you know, what things am I, am I taking in as I'm walking around the shop and I'm talking to my people? You know, what kind of things am I looking for? Well, let's try to codify that a little bit. So here. Here's what I want people kind of tracking or paying attention to. Here's what I want people reporting on so I can see what's what's going on. That's a big part of this in order to help kind of get you from maybe where you are today, where you're feeling literally stuck and tied to the company. And how often do we see that, Jack? When somebody goes to sell a company, they're selling because, hey, I just, I need to get out. I'm just worn out, Jack. I'm just, you know. I'm, I'm, many, I'm, many, many times, yeah. especially today. Today's yeah. world, especially. So, so how do you how do you get away from those 16, 18 hour days? Well, or at least do those 16, 18 hour days in the in a, the, 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 the the choice of location for you as opposed to feeling like you have to be there all the time to be able to get this kind of stuff. So it's starting to get the company to, to work for you from that standpoint to start to get give yourself that visibility. And it's one of those things, Jack, we see, like I said, all the time. People start to wonder once they get it, they start to wonder, well, how did I ever operate without this stuff? And they want they want more. All right, give me more. Give me more of that stuff. Give, give me more of that good stuff. I want to see what's going on. That's right. That's how it works. <clears throat> so the, the, the type of reports you have <clears throat> are very important. And as you wander through your organization <clears throat> and look at the reports you right now have, what do you need? What do you think you need to stay on top of, of different situations that come up and they repeat themselves? Usually a report, a good report designed to remedy that is the answer. And you don't have so many that you create a paper world. Uh, you use technology, you store this stuff and, and uh, uh, work, work electronically, which are all getting connected that way anyway. So, okay. <clears throat> Does that cover the reports you wanted to cover, Jack? Yeah, right now. We'll be back on that subject again down the line somewhere. <clears throat> okay. Well, good. 
Well, so that's our, our show for today. So we appreciate you, you joining us today. And if, if uh, you like what you heard, as Jack mentioned, we have 334 other episodes you can go back and tap into. And most of them are like today's show where it's, it's an evergreen content and topics we're talking about versus things that are related to just to today and the, the occurrences going on in the world around us. If you go to our website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com, you can see there's an episodes tab there. If you click on the episodes tab, there's a little search button. You can search for whatever your topic, your flavor of your day is going to be. So if you're searching for reports, you get this, you know, you, you, you get this podcast back. Um, if you don't find what you're looking for when you search for that, you can feel free to email us at radio at maximumvp.com or give us a call 330-849-0670. And we can either answer the question for you directly or we can do like we did for today. We can put together a show for it. Uh, keeping in mind that if chances are if you have the question, somebody else probably does as well. And they'll be happy that you asked it. We get a chance to answer that question. Um, also, if you're listening on a podcast player, that's your, your favorite podcast device is where you found us at. You can go subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Just search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Hit the subscribe button. And if you can leave a review, that'd be great as well. We usually will drop a new episode every Thursday morning. So it'll be delivered right to your device, your smart device, smartphone, whatever, whatever you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, but that's where you can get all this, get all that stuff. Uh, again, thank you for being part of the show today. We'll talk with you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.